millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. My name is Wade Watts. My dad picked that name because it sounded like a superhero's alter ego, like Peter Parker or Bruce Banner. But he died when I was a kid, my mom too. And I ended up here, sitting here in my tiny corner of nowhere. There's nowhere left to go, nowhere, except the Oasis. Welcome to Neon, the podcast that takes pop culture and reveals the history behind it. I'm Jem Daduchu, and this is Neon's first minisode. You've been here for three and a half hours. How many different ways do you want me to tell the same story? Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No, it's a pretty cool place. I'm impressed. How many questions does it usually take to spot? As your leader, I encourage you from time to time, but always in a respectful manner, to question my logic. Now to run a computer check on this tape and the professor. Dodge this. The tracks go off in this direction. What I wanted to talk to you guys about this time round is Ready Player One. Now, it did get a mention in my Raiders of the Lost Ark podcast. And actually, I can't really exude an awful lot of historicalness, taking it way back into the medieval eras or the Tudors or something like that with something like Ready Player One. But it's absolutely worth having a brief conversation about, because I'm going to say two things about this movie. First of all, it does have DNA going back to how human beings love to be told stories. Now, in Ready Player One, the idea is that there's this fantastical virtual world called Oasis, and there is a chance to win Oasis and half a trillion dollars if they can only find the Easter egg. So there is, let's pair it back to other types of stories, there's a quest and the hero's journey not only 
is to win the ultimate prize, in this case, an Easter egg. But in the case of something like the Mort d'Arthur, it's the Holy Grail. But also, in any good story about a quest, the hero learns more about themselves as well. They don't just win the day, they become a better person, or at least more self-aware. And generally, when movies or stories or books, TV shows don't do that, they sort of lead us in that direction, then don't deliver, we tend to have a negative reaction to that. We, It's an inherent part of our DNA that we like that. And whereas occasionally, yes, you can break the rules, by and large, if you don't come up with something better than the fundamental processes of you are given the quest, the hero goes on a journey, they go through a huge amount of adversity, and eventually they win the prize. This goes back as far as something like the Odyssey, where Odysseus is trying to desperately get back to Ithaca. This type of story can work, and if you do change it, you better come up with something better than the classics, which is hard. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing I wanted to say is a little bit more about the movie itself. It is dripping with pop culture references, and obviously this podcast does talk about pop culture. How can I not do that? Indeed, it feels like it was almost made for me. And Klein, the author of the original book, Ready Player One, he was born in 72, which is roughly when I was born. And so his references as he goes through his life and decides to pack them all into this movie, plus Steven Spielberg changes parts of the book and makes it more cinematic, but using his own references as well. All of that is my childhood and how I grew up too. So it feels like it was written for me. Saying that though, you know, I, I know children who've been to see it and do you know what? Most kids today have seen the Back to the Future movies. So when they see the DeLorean, they get that reference. They certainly don't get all the references. And I felt slightly protective of some of them. Like I noticed things like CGI Battletoads, you know, the legendarily hard game that I couldn't possibly get past the bit where you had to drive a bike across these barriers that just came out of nowhere. That was impossible. But I noticed that. But I also noticed they were standing next to Tracer from Overwatch. You've got 30 years of video game history on the screen at the same time. And you know what? I know both those games. There are just hundreds, possibly even a thousand odd Easter eggs in that movie. But what I wanted to say then is, is it as good as Spielberg's absolute copper bottom classics? And I have to be honest and say, no, it isn't. I think when a movie starts heavily riffing on other bits of pop culture or other movies, it can't be as good as the original. And if you are going to compare it to something like Raise the Lost Ark or Jaws or E.T. or Jurassic Park, I mean, Spielberg has probably the best catalogue of movies of any film director ever. But I heard somebody compare it to another movie, and I think this hits the nail on the head. What Ready Player One is to pop culture is what Who Framed Roger Rabbit is to animation. If you want to know the major characters of 20th century animation in the West, admittedly it doesn't do anything to do with anime, 
and Ready Player One does, for the record, come on to that in a moment, then you absolutely go to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's an amazing movie. It's a fun film. It's obviously uh, visually stunning, and it was the best interaction of 2D cell animation with the real world. You know, Bob Hoskins had to work with specialized jackets, so it looked like he actually had an animated rabbit in his jacket, that kind of thing. It is amazing technological triumph, which still stands up the, to, to the test of time today. However, you can't say the same thing about Ready Player One, because we've already seen CGI and interaction with the real world already of that quality. It isn't the same step in the direct. It's very, very good. Don't get me wrong. The, the special effects and visual effects are amazing, but they're not the same leap forwards as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But it, as I said, it's dripping with Easter eggs. The ones that I felt a little bit cheated about was, uh, I'm a huge fan of Akira. And if you notice on the uh, Neon podcast Twitter account, you'll see a little pill next to the neon sign. That's a reference to Canada's jacket from Akira. And so when they had his motorbike in the movie, it's like, oh, that's amazing. But then they said, oh, that's Canada's bike from Akira, making everybody now know what that pop culture reference was. And yet an awful lot of the pop culture references just just pour by in that movie. So I wanted to say it's a huge amount of fun. You are, you know, if you're sort of in your 30s or 40s, or if you're a bit of a geek and you like your pop culture, where else are you going to get a combination of Iron Giant, Halo, Warcraft, Star Wars, Back to the Future, Thriller? Just It just goes on and on and on. You, you know, there are already videos coming out which, which are sort of 20 minutes long trying to list all the possible links of all the possible movies, video games, animated TV shows that uh, goes on and on and on. And if you are the sort of person going, this is all a waste of time. Why aren't you reading the classic books? You know, why aren't you reading Shakespeare and things like that? I take your point, but this is definitely not the movie for you. But it is, like Roger Rabbit, a time capsule. In 500 years time, if you wanted a summary of pop culture in the 20th century and early 21st century, you go to Ready Player One and you tick all the boxes, much like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And actually, there aren't really these containers of pop culture, these time capsules type movies. There are movies obviously referred to constantly in Ready Player One, which are very much of their time and are great fun in and, in and of themselves, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, etc. However, they themselves don't keep self-referencing other things. So, Ready Player One, in a way, is pop culture history, and it does share its storytelling DNA with older stories, because we all love the story of a hero on a quest. But is it going to be said in the same breath as the many classic films that it's talking about? I'm not so sure about that. But man, it's a rush. Man, it's a, a, a ride. And I absolutely do recommend that you see it on the biggest screen possible and absolutely 3D. I just wanted to put out there two things that haven't been talked about as much about the movie. One's a little bit of film history and one's a little bit of personal experience. Film history first. People do know, if they know much about Steven Spielberg, that he later on in his career 
became friends with Stanley Kubrick. It ultimately led to the creation of AI, a flawed film. We, I think we can all agree on that. But the point is, Kubrick is absolutely a genius, but sometimes is a little bit cold, whereas Spielberg's an absolute genius, but sometimes a little bit too schmaltzy. And these two are almost like the yin and yang of each other. How did they meet? How did they get to know each other? Well, uh, very subtle spoiler in, in Ready Player One here. The Shining is referenced in uh, Ready Player One. Well, when The Shining was actually shot in Britain and things like the uh, Overwatch, Overlook, sorry, Overlook Hotel uh, was actually a soundstage in, in Britain. And that was all torn down to make way for the Well of Souls for Raiders of the Lost Ark. So the two films actually overlapped each other. And that's how Stanley and Steve got to become good friends and, and would continue to be so for about the next 20 odd years. So that's a little bit of DNA there. Then, and again, slight spoiler uh, for Ready Player One, there's a scene in the movie where everybody's trying to drive this difficult race. And actually the way to beat the race is to drive backwards through the wall behind where everyone's racing. That's Ridge Racer. I don't know if it's explicitly meant to be Ridge Racer, but this is a PS1 game where it only had one track. Yes, kids, back in the day, if you got a racing game, you got one track, not 427. And you could absolutely play the game going forwards and there were different levels, but you could tell that you hadn't quite beaten the game. And so the way to get more levels out of the game was to spin around and drive through the rear wall. And then you got the same track, obviously, in reverse. So it's, if you like, easy, average, hard going forwards, and then it was very hard, legendary, and then raced the black car, uh, which was almost impossible to beat if you went through the rear wall. So I'm going to say that's my Ridge Racer Easter egg that I'm going to say is in the big race, but I don't know if anybody else has noticed that. So that's it on this little mini episode. Don't worry, there'll be the longer episodes coming out soon where I'll absolutely talk more about proper history and other bits of pop culture. If you want to interact with us, don't forget, you can uh, obviously go on to whatever podcasting app you're listening to this. Please click subscribe and give us a five-star review it all helps spread the word but also we're neon podcast on twitter neon podcast on facebook if you want to talk to me i'm jem deduchu that surname is d-u-d-u-c-u jem with a j jem deduchu on twitter you can say hi to me i'm history gems with a g on facebook Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.